from News Radio 570 WKBN and uh, Ron Verb. Onward we go. And it's uh, time now to switch gears. We're uh, going to the legal show a little bit early because the Indians will start playing around 5.30 here, a little after 5.30 news, the pregame at 5.40. First pitch a little after 6 o'clock. So let's uh, take attendance for tonight's legal show uh, at 4.35. Uh, let's uh, start with uh, the attendance roster. Dave, are you ready for the attendance for the legal show? Let's start. Okay, Attorney David. I've got my clipboard. Okay, uh, Attorney David Beatrice, just answer with here if you're present. Attorney David Beatrice. Mm. Attorney Mark DeVecchio. Mm. Attorney Carl Moses. Hello, Ron. Good to be here. There he is, ladies All and right. gentlemen. It's it's like a great moment for me because uh, the legal show is now underway. Uh, and sitting in chair number one, taking on all comers, one of the most brilliant legal minds, frankly, in my opinion, in the Keystone State of Pennsylvania. And if he was licensed in Ohio, it would be in Ohio as well. I'm glad you have that opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Moses has been a lawyer now for almost 70 years, right? <laughs> Well, whatever. You know, Close. A long time, right? <laughs> yes. And Moses, uh, uh, Moses has done it all over that time. He used to do divorce, doesn't do it anymore, right? When you were Correct. a young lawyer, you did divorce. Correct. I did everything when I was a young lawyer. <laughs> right. And oh, when he was a young lawyer, he did that, and he said to himself, you know what, this is uh, not for me, right? Yes. And yes. You, But even though you admire Attorney DeVecchio a lot. Yes. I admire uh, any lawyer who undertakes uh, domestic cases. Uh, that's not an easy chore. Why? Really why do you not. say that? Why do so many lawyers like don't want to do domestic work? Because it's an emotional uh, situation, and it can, tear, unless you're disciplined, it can tear you apart. Really, it's uh, not easy. It's just not easy to hear people arguing, uh, though. We argue in other types of cases, too, but it's just not easy when there are children involved and uh, marriage involved. It's uh, it's very emotional. So you did it for a period of time, and you said no more, right? Correct. Correct. And you were... You were Quite a while ago. Right. Quite All right. But, ago. I mean, yes. a lot of guys who do domestic work burn out from it. I, I, I do notice that. They just... Sure. Uh, they completely and totally burn out from it. Uh that's the first thing that I noticed, you know, that they just burn out. Let's just start with that. And Mark confirmed that. Yeah, that a lot of guys do. And then some people thrive on it. Well, that's true. Uh, I, 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 I can't say to you that I know one <laughs> who thrives on it, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that there is somebody out there. Well, you know, I mean, I think, uh, like, you know, the guys that I've interviewed over the years at the firm that you guys have are all all people who seem to enjoy, I don't, maybe enjoy isn't the thing, but seem to be very specialized in those areas. Well, an example would be Mark, who is going to be entering right now. Here he is. I'm here. We're just talking about you. I heard. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ron Verb. Ron Verb many times will ask, do you enjoy what you're doing? And, and he's talking about domestic work right now. Yes. And, and he was saying that there are probably not that many lawyers who really enjoy it. And if somebody asked me if I, I better stop talking. I think I'm saying too much. But if, if somebody asked me, like Ron Verb has asked me in the past, do you enjoy doing what you're doing? I would say my answer would be, Enjoyment is maybe having a beer after yeah. a, after a, a round of golf 
with the guys. You don't. But, but appreciating what you're doing, right. and, and having a good feeling if you've. No, I asked Moses this question yeah. and answer this before I get to legal questions. See, he interrupted. Uh, I, 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 no, I said, uh, I said uh, you used to do domestic work, uh, and and I, Moses said yes, and I says, and you were glad to stop doing it, and Moses says yes, it was very emotional that kind of stuff. And he said, and I said that all the guys that I interviewed at the firm seem to enjoy domestic work. It takes a special person. Well, thank you. I mean, it, it you don't enjoy that a family is in disarray, that a family is going through crisis, that you can't derive any enjoyment or pleasure out of that. But what you have to focus on is trying to give them some direction, trying to help them heal, trying to make sure that they're able to do it in a way where they don't. Or the, inflict as much pain as they can on each other. You know, that's and that's there, what you try to avoid. And there's a good feeling if you can accomplish Yes, that. absolutely. And I mean, uh, rather than saying that's enjoyment, I'd say it's appreciation that you've right. accomplished something. Well, it's a job, it's a duty, it's a responsibility yeah. that you don't take lightly. Sure. It's a responsibility when people entrust their lives to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's something that I hold very near and dear to my heart that it's it's something that you have to consider that it's the biggest priority that you have because that's you know you're when you're dealing with the best interest of children and sure. you know that that's what inspires me to do but, what i do but i can extend it to uh my type of practice injury and uh, accident practice uh, uh again enjoyment i don't think is the word for it but well, you don't enjoy that somebody got hurt. Appreciation that, that I can accomplish something, and if somebody is injured and suffering, uh, that person cannot uh, pick up a baseball bat and go after the person, let's say, who rear-ended him or her. But the only way of trying to get some relief is that of money damages, and that's relief to that person. Right, absolutely. You, so want, to put them, you want to make them as whole as possible. Yeah, so it's an appreciation. Does that answer your question, Ron Verde? Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's, it, he's been fiddling. No, with it, his. It, it does to me. It it answers it. Yes, <laughs> but it's. Uh, I know that uh, everybody has a different calling. Let me put it that way. I think Devecchio is really good at domestic oh, work. I, I I really do, and I don't think uh, I don't think it. Uh, it gets under his skin like it maybe did yours early on. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Well, I don't think it got under my skin. It. it I do. I, I think it got under I, your skin. I, found it, I just found it. Uh, I just found it more difficult. Emotional. No, let me finish. I, not emotional is probably not. You were an word. emotional wreck. I found. I found it more difficult to deal with that, and not enjoyable at all, because I would witness the arguing and the. And the kids in between, I didn't find it enjoyable at all. Uh, and so I think a person has to block that out, and and a person has to be a special person to do that, and try to try to accomplish something. And that that's what Mark was explaining, I think. Well, you know, the, the way I like to explain it is is when you deal with criminal law. And for people that break the law, oftentimes... You and, and lawyers to get a lot of criticism for that. You know, yeah. I, I can remember, and I'm serious, I can remember one night watching TV with my wife at 11 o'clock news, and Beatrice was on one right after the other. You know, he was there standing with every criminal that right. night. Right. You know, and, and that was when he was doing a lot of pro bono stuff, and I think death penalty cases and that kind of stuff. Right. And, and everyone, no matter if you're guilty or not, in our system has a right to legal representation. Exactly. And so he was there... Dave was there trying to 
do the best job he could do to defend that person or or whatever it was. That was what he did. But I would think that type of law, criminal law, would really burn you out. And Beatrice said to me he gave up doing death penalty cases because death penalty cases uh, totally take all of your time away. You can't do anything else. And it is really, uh, really a tough cases. Yeah. Well, and, well, I did a lot of criminal work, and and I've had people ask me, "How can you represent this person or that person? And what if? How do you represent them if you know they're guilty?" Well, you're not. You're representing their rights. You're protecting their their rights. They have constitutional rights. They're innocent until proven guilty, and you have to make sure that the state proves each and every element of the crime. That's what you're doing. You're protecting the rights of every human being, well, whether they've been accused of something or whether they're guilty or innocent. Well, we all have rights. Not only that, it's not just a focus on your client who's been charged, but if the lawyer relaxes his arguments in regard to the rights of his own client, what happens is then the next person who is charged, there's going to be a precedent and the uh, and and that person's going to be taken advantage of because when the rights are relaxed in one case, it's it's going to happen in another case too. In other words, the Commonwealth's going to take advantage of that, or the judge is going to take advantage of that. You you've heard of precedent. Precedent means something that's happened before, and it's accepted for the future. So when you're trying to protect the rights of your own client, you're really uh, dealing with uh, precedent and you're dealing with uh, protecting the rights of the future right. person who's being charged because he may be innocent, the future person. Uh, they're usually even guilty. If, even if your own well, client like is They're guilty. usually guilty. Yeah. Joe, you got a question? Go ahead. Oh, yes. Hey, I've got a question about uh, – oh, uh, let me tell you. I work for the state of Ohio, and I have an hour-and-a-half-hour hour, uh, drive. They make me work eight hours, and then sit and wait another half hour so that I get a what they call a lunch break. So I work from 10 o'clock at night till 6 o'clock in the morning, and then I have to sit there from 6 till 6.30 when I'd rather be driving home because that 6 to 6.30 is my lunch break. What okay. do I do about that? And what do you want? You, you, you want to skip your lunch break? Yeah, I'd rather be on the road driving home. Do you have? Are you represented by a union? Do you have a any kind of a employee handbook or anything like that? Yeah, I got both of them. The union goes along with the states. I don't know the, with the way they're doing it. So why don't you take a lunch break? Why don't you work from ten to two and take a half hour lunch break at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, I, I, it's like a one-on-one personal services type. Um, situation maybe you have to, maybe you have to file a grievance of some sort with your union yeah or i mean the, but, go ahead yeah that might work the purpose of your union is to represent you in uh problems that you might have so uh i would talk to your union representative see if something can be done informally and if not, a formal grievance might have to be filed. Yeah, I, I don't know that the Ohio law requires lunch breaks for people over 18 years old. You know, if you're under 18, then I think there's some kind of law that requires a lunch break if you work for five consecutive hours or something like that. But, yeah, I would talk to your superior, whomever you is above you in, the, in your line 
of uh, employees, I would go up to your superior and talk, talk about it and then maybe file a grievance or see what you could do to get somebody to represent you. Yeah, that's a good okay. idea, Mark. Talk to your superior first, that is your employer, to see if your employer will do something. Yeah. If not, then go to your union rep. Yeah, the, the superior says, well, that's what the union decided they wanted to do. Right, they negotiated a, a lunch break for you. And you're telling me there's no way you can actually take a lunch break during your eight hours of work? Um, some days I can, but most of the time I can't. I think a lot of the union people might get really upset if you if, if you say, well, it should be uh, optional whether or not we want to take a lunch break, and then they start getting their lunch break taken away that might be that's probably why they staunchly want to you know i'm a fan joe a lunch and i'm a little offended by you not wanting a lunch break joe i think lunch is a very important meal for your nutrition yeah. well you know it's midnight i don't like to work eat at midnight well you don't get done work until six so midnight to you is like lunchtime eh, well all right listen joe uh they're gonna make you stay till six thirty because it's in the union contract that's right. the, because everybody gets a lunch break. So maybe what you need to do is is uh, take your lunch break at 2 or whatever and go to lunch. Well, I can't take it at 2. I mean, I'm in there with clients. At 2 a.m.? Yes. Yep. What 10 o'clock till 6 in the morning. So the whole time from 10 at night till 6 in the morning, you're meeting with clients overnight. It, yep. It's a personal care situation. Yeah, that's like the hospital or something. Right. A personal care situation. Okay. Uh, see, when I hear state of Ohio, I think plowing snow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get, yeah, that'd be a good job. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So you're saying that you don't have the opportunity for that time, for the most part, to take a lunch break. And when you argue that with your boss, he said, well, that's just the way it is. Yep, exactly. All right. So, so from 6 until 6.30, when I'd really like to be out in my car, you know. Like, well, uh, here's a novel idea. Why don't you. my lunch then. Right. Why don't you move closer? Uh, he sent me lots of money, Ron. Or even ask if they'll permit you to take your lunch break off premises. And then you, they don't know if you drive yeah, home. No, that, that, that's actually, uh, it says you must stay on premises. Well, that's, well, that's yeah. their goofy rules. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Maybe you could circulate a petition to or, get people to sign it and then present it to your union head. Or quit. Maybe you can quit and get another job. Mm, That'd be a tough man. shift to work. Ooh, yeah. man, that night 10, shift. 10 a.m. Or, or 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Ooh, I did that for a while going through school. It screws up your my whole body chemistry. You know really? what I mean? It does. It's tough. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. Well, this guy seems like he's lively. And what is it? It's almost 5 o'clock. All right. Thank you and yeah. good luck. Good luck. All right. Let us know how it turns out. Oh, he's going to get fired. <laughs> There's no question in my mind. Guy like that. He's not eating lunch. He's probably... See, if you Making don't have, problems with a union. If, oh. if you don't have lunch, you're crabby right off the bat. If right. I miss lunch, I'm uh, I'm a miserable person. I, you know, I need my three meals a day. Don't you? you eat? The, no. I, I eat one meal a day. I'm like this guy and the caller. I don't have time. When do you eat one meal a day? What is when that? I, you don't, when you I don't come eat home breakfast? from work, I typically don't eat breakfast because I'm always running from point A to point B. Seriously. Always. You did, when you get up and get ready, I get you, up, you, you do not eat anything. No. no you I'll, don't have, have, a I'll have like tea or coffee and juice, and that's it. And, and that's out. it. Every morning, yeah. And, and you go. don't have lunch. Well, typically I don't. To, uh, the, you I, don't eat lunch? No. No. So, so you get up, let's say, at what time? Uh, in, in your case, 10, 6.30. 6.30. 
Oh, six thirty. Okay, yeah. you get up at six thirty, and you don't you eat. You don't every eat morning six thirty. I have kids in school getting ready. My my right, you know, but you so. don't eat dinner. To you don't really eat till six or seven at night. No, right when I get home from work, my there's dinner on the table. My kids when they well, what come time home would from that work. be five? Well, they get home like at two thirty or three. So typically, you my don't. wife. Well, then I mean, I eat cold dinner sometimes. <laughs> right, but I mean that's your first, that's your only meal of the day. Yeah, and then I'll have like an apple in the evening. That's weird, don't you think, Moses? Oh, yes. I'm a three-meal person myself. Yeah. It's, no, I know it's the worst way to eat. I know no, it is. No, it's not it's the worst way to eat. Actually, you. it's probably a really good way to eat. No, they Most say you should, eat have, too much. you should eat, have many small meals throughout the day. You should eat four or five times a day very small, slight meals. Mm-hmm. Because what you're doing is I shrink my stomach, and then I, I eat until I'm bloated. I, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but you're skinny. I don't know. I exercise. I run a lot. Really? Yeah. When, when do you do that? Right after I eat. <laughs> In the evenings? Yes. How far do you run? I didn't know you were a jogger. Well, no. I, I mean, I won't. I, on the pre-core, I run. It, it's a... Oh, in your house. Elliptical. Yeah. And I typically do like an, an hour and 40 minutes. I do a lot. You're kidding me. Yeah. I, I bring all my newspapers down. I have a television. You're running on that for an hour and 40 minutes? Yeah. That's my like me time. That's that's where I totally unwind from That the is day. a lot of time to be running. Well, that's how I could eat the way I eat. <laughs> that's a long time. I, yeah. I mean, that's dedication. Seven days a week you do that? No, no. Mostly during the week. On the weekends, I try to relax, or if I'm playing in the band, you know, I can't. Right, but you don't go jogging down the road or anything like that. Of course, as a divorce lawyer, guys that you represented or women that you represented, you know, against some guy, guy would recognize you and probably hit you right oh, there on the road. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Say, hey, I think that's Devecchio. I lost everything. Boom, you know what I mean? Like that. One time when I was a magistrate, I was walking, going from somewhere on the street. Some guy drove by me in a convertible, and I recognized him, but I wasn't sure where I recognized him from. It turned out he was in front of me, so I, I kind of looked at him, and I gave a little wave, and he flipped me off. Really? Yes. I guess he was unhappy with the decision. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he felt that he was no longer in the courtroom, and he didn't need to say, <laughs> right. Your Honor. Freedom of Right of free speech. He's for, you know. All right. Legal questions for the boys. 729-9977. 729-9977. Attorney Mark DeVecchio is here. He does divorce and family law, divorce, child support, custody issues. If you got any problems as far as uh, that uh, person that you divorced not paying their support, give me a call right now. You're thinking about getting divorced give me a call right now 729-9977 729-9977 moses on the other hand does things like medical malpractice dog bites auto accidents and uh anything along those lines right yes uh, and moses uh, will not represent you on your divorce uh he says uh it's just too emotionally draining for him <laughs> it's not how i describe it. well that's that's but my I, scenario i I, of ref- it. I would refer you would refer him to mark yes because you found it, when you were a young lawyer, you found it very draining. I, I, I just found it unpleasant, yes. Right. And uh, difficult. And difficult. Difficult. And Mark, you don't find it unpleasant and difficult. <laughs> D- divorce is unpleasant, and, and, and divorce is difficult. And, but I try, for some reason, I never chose to practice family law exclusively, but it, I was just... Good at it. Predisposed to do it. It was my calling, I guess, you know, and I started when I was a magistrate in domestic relations court years ago. And then when I got out of the mat, it was going to be a full time position. I wanted to maintain my private practice. So I got out of it and I started doing a lot of family law. And the more you do, 
the better you get at anything else. Practice makes perfect. So who's more difficult to represent, women or men? Uh, you, you can't distinguish it through sex. You can. It depends on the issues. But we were talking about the difference between criminal law and family law. In criminal law, what I, I like to sum it up by saying you're representing sometimes bad people on their best behavior. Mm-hmm. In family law, you're representing good people sometimes on their worst behavior. So that's why it makes it really tough. Oh, that's what I'd love most about it. Yeah, no, it it and it there's there's no gender, there's no aged cases or depending on what the issues are, it doesn't matter who the who's arguing them, issues are tough. Custody issues are tough, you know. Laura, you're on with the attorneys, News Radio 570 WKBN. Hello. Hi. Hi Laura. Hi. Hi. I have a question about wills. My husband and I got married 20 years ago and we were living in Florida then. Are our Florida wills still good now that we live in Pennsylvania? You you should check with a lawyer in Pennsylvania who does that type of work because the laws are different because huh? states' laws can be different. Yes. Okay. And, I'll and do so it. and so to give you an example, uh, you may have a will from Florida, for example, that is drafted in such a way that it would not be acceptable in Pennsylvania, and then you'd have a real problem. Okay. Thank you for your time. Sure. Yeah, just, I mean, my two cents on that is the probate court would prefer you to die test state rather than in test state. They would prefer you to have some type of will, some type of direction telling them what to do. Okay. So they do kind of stretch out and allow, they're more apt to allow something than to say, no, we're not going to utilize this because it's from another state. Don't rely on that, though. Yeah, but it's time. After 20 years, you should get it redone anyway. And because wills are very important, not only from the standpoint of uh, direction as to where your assets go, because if you don't have a will, then what Mark said about intestate law, that means uh, that the assets are given to people by way of statute. That is, the Pennsylvania statute would indicate how the assets are are to be distributed, which could right. be different from the way you direct in a will. So that's why one reason to have a will. Another reason is to appoint a person to represent the estate because if you don't have a will, uh, different people can petition to be the administrator of the estate as opposed to somebody you might want to be the administrator. And thirdly, if you have children, minor children, you would want in the will to appoint a guardian for those children in case, let's say, both husband and wife died and there are minor children. So there are important reasons for having a will. Yeah, that was a, that's a perfect answer. Yeah, the, the will's probably valid, but there's certain provisions that may not be, and, and so that's a good right. answer. It was just one of those simple ones because we don't have any kids. You know, we left each other everything, and then if something happened to um, both of us, we left my brother everything. So I mean, it was that, that simple. All right. Well, that's a good way, good way to do it. But you, but you know, get it updated. It's not a bad thing to do. Or okay. just show, just show it to a Pennsylvania lawyer, and uh, perhaps it's going to be good and valid. Or an Ohio lawyer. Yeah, it sounds from, like that would be valid. You moved from PA to Ohio. No, I moved from I moved from Ohio to Florida to PA. Oh, okay. Well, so she's, see. A, so she's yeah. a resident of PA yeah. now. Well, yeah. Moses is a PA attorney. All right. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. All right, so there you go. Kind of moving around. I wonder if she's on the lamb from the law or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm suspicious. Ray, you're on the air. 
Hello, uh, I have a question for Mr. Moses. Uh, yeah, Mr. Isn't, Moses. isn't he a brilliant man? I sit here almost please, in awe. Please. Hello, Ray. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, unbelievable. No, no, no. Isn't it, Ray? Unbelievable. I agree. Let's hear the question um, first. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, when you hear Moses speak in the in-depth knowledge that he gives, and then when Mark talks, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let Ray ask You're confusing me. Put a, put a lid on it for a minute. Mr. Moses. Yes. When you were gobbing off earlier about precedence, on uh, the state, were you trying to say that the lawyers are in the are trying to limit or contain the expanding powers of the states in the judicial system? What I was in other words, if, if you get a precedent that uh, it may affect the next guy's rights. Yes, that's what, that, that's what I was trying to say. Hang on, he'll answer it after the news. Okay. From News Radio 570 WKBN. Thursday, it's a legal show. Attorney Carl Moses is here at microphone number one. And at microphone uh, number two is attorney Mark DeVecchio, uh, who is the family law expert. The guy who was asking a question prior to the news break that yes. uh, you were about yeah, precedent and, or whatever. And maybe precedent is not the right word. Uh, if, if there's a relaxation of the rights of, let's say, my client, that I, the person I'm representing now, and the court sees that relaxation and the prosecutor sees that relaxation, then in the future when there's another client or another person charged who might be innocent, even if this client is guilty, they're going to take advantage of that relaxation of the rights with that later client who's really innocent, and he could find himself in jail because those rights are not being enforced uh, am i correct yeah let me get, let me give you an example i used to do a lot of ovi work a lot of ovi work and there is a revised code section and there is a department of health regulation that says if you are to cite someone for ovi you have to do all of the following things as they administer the field sobriety tests as they administer the portable breath test all these things you have to and years ago it was that the officers had to strictly comply with the department of health regulations now through the years that went from strict compliance to substantial compliance because a lot of guys were beating ovis by saying wait a second it says that you have to step first with your left leg when doing the walk and turn and take 14 steps, this trooper made him, he stepped with his right leg and did 12 steps. And they would they would win. They'd get throw out the test. Mm-hmm. Well, now the, they've relaxed it a little bit, saying, listen, you know, they, they substantially complied. So that that's what Attorney Moses is talking about. All right, so the word game, basically. Right. I mean, you know, but those, are, those words mean things, basically, is what you're saying. As I said, an innocent person... Uh, could be thrown in jail uh, if his rights are not being upheld. And uh, he may have no witnesses, and all of a sudden the uh, prosecution says, oh, we have this evidence, but let's assume this evidence is faulty evidence, and yet the court accepts it because of the relaxation of rights. This person goes to jail because of bad evidence. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. 
So I hope that answers this question. Yeah. All right. Uh, legal questions between now and uh, 530. 20 more minutes. Moses, you going to be able to hold up? I think so. Under my intense scrutiny, oh. 729-9977. It's Thursday. This is a legal show. Child support, divorce, custody issues. My favorites. Uh, dog bites, auto accidents, and medical malpractice is uh, Moses. And so we answer anything in between. As a matter of fact, we take on all comers, 729-9977. Let's go to uh, Josie. Hello there. Jose, can you see? Hello. Are you there, Jose? Yeah. I had a question. Um, Elderly abuse, uh, hard to prove, I'm sure. Um, Now, some people accuse me of that and how I treat Moses here of elderly abuse. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But anyways, um, basically what's going on is the grandfather's paying all the bills of a former, uh, I think he's still using, but an addict, and uh, doesn't pay his own bills. Uh, uh, Grandpa pays for everything. The kid works night and day, doesn't have money. Um, Grandpa just don't know how to say no. 83 years old. um, We've had CSB, not really CSB, I don't know what the elderly abuse uh, system is called well it, i mean the the way i understand elder abuse and i could be wrong but i i thought it was it's the infliction of injury or unreasonable confinement intimidation neglect uh preventing someone from caring from themselves i mean if if he's just giving his son or grandson money i don't, I don't know that that could be defined as abuse unless it's being stolen or being you know if, if somehow there, fraudulently if, if there's intimidation well, he if well, he it, doesn't really have to uh, steal it because Grandpa's, well, you know, he he he's, he he doesn't uh, know how to say no to the kid. And and uh, okay, so uh, wait a minute. He's willingly giving it to the kid, but you he's think not he's a being victim. he's being duped, if you will? Oh, it's 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 without a doubt. Doesn't pay his own bills or any contributes to the house, and it's just I you think, know uh, I think that, I don't know. I think they're incompetent, which you got to right. that's hard to prove, All isn't right. it? Listen here, go ahead, Moses. There can be, in my opinion, an argument that there's an abuse of an elderly person by duping that person into making payments and so forth. In other words, taking money from that person. But if he's voluntarily doing it, paying the money, and he's competent and he's not uh, being taken advantage of in the sense that he's not with it and so forth – that would be difficult, I think, to prove. Look that's, up the, that's kind of that's kind of what my question was because you know I don't want to waste my time or money on something that uh, uh, a normal person would say that's just 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 not right. But you know, declaring who you know, I'm not a doctor to they declare anybody incompetent, but it's just it's just not right. You know, I mean, just that look up the number. Look up the number for adult protective services. And if yeah, it, we've had him come twice, and and they said the same thing that because he's willingly giving it to him. Well, then there you go. They can do. Why don't you, you try know, I, try getting him and having a talk with him, a heart to heart, saying that you're wasting oh, your money and you're we, we enabling it. We've had heart to heart, toe to toe. You know, it's just uh, but yet he's the one that complains about it every day that he's you know depressed because he doesn't have money. And have an blah, intervention. Blah, blah. Get all your family and friends to to. Sit him down, and and if you have more people that feel like you do, get them to join you and have an intervention with this individual. Well, I'm I'm about the only one that has the you know what's to to speak the truth instead of uh, you know basically we say the money tree is going to go when he dies. 
that's the only way it's going to stop. But that's yeah. kind of, that's a sad. It's just sad to me. Sounds like you're fighting a losing battle. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, well, uh, I, I, it's sad, you know, because obviously he's being taken advantage of. I mean, oh, really, let's be realistic. Right, sure, but, been, but but almost, but willingly taking advantage of. Right, you know, some people, there's some people like to kind of play the martyr, you know, and say, uh, "Woe is me," right. but yet they keep doing whatever is causing them. Right, difficulty. Well, he's playing on his age, right. and he's probably not totally with it, and he's uh, he's paying his bills instead of his own bills. That's yeah. sad. But Moses, yeah. you say it might might be able to make a case, maybe, but it's a long shot. It would seem difficult in this situation, all right, un- unless you can prove that he is not competent um, or yeah, right, I mean, easily. Uh, t- I, I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm a realist. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in fairy tales, and you know, it's like, you know that. This doesn't even make sense. You don't pay your own bills, let alone right. contribute to the household. And, you know, it's always that last minute. Oh, I, I need this or it's going to get shut off. And right. he lives in the house, doesn't pay a bill. I hear you. you All know, right. So, uh, good luck with so, that. Thank you. All right. I mean, it's, it's sad. He's being taken advantage sure. of. Most I'm a little down on my luck. If you got a 20, any by chance? Can I borrow some money too, Carl? <laughs> Is it going to work? No. Let's try it again. The, the answer, the answer is no. Son no. of a gun. <laughs> Son of a gun. Thought I'd give it a shot, right? I need gas for my car. <laughs> yeah. Seemed like a good idea. I'm run out. I no, need... no elder abuse here, right? right? No. I think it's the other way around. That's right. <laughs> Rick, you're on the air with the attorneys. News Radio 570 WQN. Hello. Yes, Ronnie. Mark, I got a question. How hard is it to get a federal a federal case expunged? A gambling charge. How hard is it to get a, a what? A gambling, a federal gambling uh, yeah, charge. Yeah, uh, case expunged. That oh, to get like a federal that. case expunged. Yes. Uh, ooh, I would imagine. And, and you said it was gambling, sir? Yeah, that was back in the old one with the Villa thing. And this is a federal charge? Yeah, it was a federal. I got it. It went out of Cleveland, yeah. And you got convicted and all that, right? Right. Yeah, what was, your, got, how, what was the sentence? What was your sentence? I got uh, six months house arrest and three years probation. My comment, had, my comment is that if it's a federal offense that you were convicted of, then you're going to have to look at the statute and the federal law in regard to expungement. There are state laws yeah, in I, regard to expungement. I think a federal. I think a gambling charge could be expunged. So, I mean, you'd have to file the appropriate motions. And you have to wait a prescribed period of time. It has to be three, sometimes three years, sometimes five years. Uh, this would be what under federal law, though. Right, right. Yes. You could expunge a federal case. Yeah, but what the reason, I, the, the reason why I'm asking, I, I like someday to maybe work in a casino. Yeah, and I, I don't think I can get the job if I got this hanging over me. Well, here's the problem: they're still probably going to find out that in this age of information that you caught a charge somewhere if they google you if they do if it was in the paper if they if they they're going to find something that has your name connected to this charge although in an expungement it's as if it never happened it's sealed so but that doesn't prevent some people from finding things out i've had people tell me i got this expunged but it still came up so in this age of information they could find out just about anything but um do you think it's a good idea to work in a casino if you were found guilty of gambling, sir? Maybe you have a well, problem. Well, you know what? It's like maybe you don't have to casino, maybe being not sure. You know, I'm retired oh, from General Motors next month. So oh, I see what you're I, saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like that kind of stuff, but I was just curious. 
generally, sir, generally speaking, uh, from my view of the law in Pennsylvania, for example, it is not easy to get an expungement. And you really have to look at the statute, and uh, and if this was a federal charge, it would be a federal statute or federal law, and then you're probably going to have to petition the court, and the prosecutor would have a right to object. And uh, I'm just, this is just my general understanding yeah, from experience. What you do is you file your motion to expunge, and they send that motion out to the BCI, to FBI, to every law enforcement agency. And it'll come back. And typically, if you are only guilty of, of I think it's two crimes, you, you, they can expunge up to two crimes. If you've been had more than two convictions, if they if they stemmed from different sets of circumstances, you're not eligible for expungement. Okay, so if you only have one conviction, that's your only conviction, you can get it expunged. You would have to wait three years until after you get off probation. You make the application, and the court will either grant it or they won't grant it. They may find something else came up, and they may not, you know, they may, may not grant it. But chances are, it sounds good that it will be granted. If they grant it, can he can, can he get a gun then? Then the court will send notice out that these records are to be sealed. But understand, the records are sealed; they're not erased. Right. So law enforcement you know, can still see them, right? Well, they can't. They're supposed to be sealed from law enforcement, but because it happened, and as I, I indicated, you could still find out if somebody got charged or what happened. So. Um, as far as can you get a concealed carry, you, you, you may be able to with the, con- I mean, it wasn't if a crime would, of violence or anything, you, but it's you, still a federal offense, you know, that he was convicted. If it's expunged, of. it's expunged. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, caller. Thank you. Good Bye-bye. luck. All right. So is that interesting? He was convicted of a gambling charge and he wants to work in a casino now that he's retired. Well, I mean, if it, and be able to carry a gun. Listen, g- gambling is no longer illegal. I mean, you could gamble, you could bet on games, you could do there. It's a, it's legal under the the feds said it's legal. Oh, there you go, uh, Don. You're on the air with the attorneys. Go ahead. Yeah, I've got a question about uh, utility uh, right away. Yes. Uh, that I got uh, a cell tower close to me, and uh, they want to run uh, uh, fiber optic to it. The, the phone line used to run back to my neighbor's house, but it's been uh, abandoned. I was just wondering if the uh, the easement still continues after it, if the line's been abandoned or if that makes any difference. Well, yeah, I would imagine the easement continues until it's until something takes it away. Abandoning them, abandoning the line, and you know the line's no longer there. Would that? Uh, that mean the easement isn't there, though, right? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Hmm. Because you know, I mean, I, I mean, I see what he's saying. So you're saying, but if they, if they, you're saying, who has the easement? The cell phone company, uh, the telephone company, right? And they abandoned that telephone line. Now they want to put fiber optics in there, right? And they're saying, well, they got an easement, so they can do it. Correct, caller? Yes, that's all right. Uh, I think what you have to do is is get the agreement, uh, the easement. Stand by. I'll be, hang on, I'll be right back. All right, Storm Team 27 forecast brought to you by Cordy's. We're looking at uh, a low tonight of down to 53 degrees. And for Friday, 84 for high should be dry. Late day thunderstorms on Saturday and 85 as well. Right now, it is uh, 82 at News Radio 570 WKBN. Next call, please, or let's go back to Don and answer his question. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, Don, what I was starting to say is I think the first 
place you have to go to is the document, the easement. There, there should be a document indicating what the easement is and when it was done and what the uh, uh, the uh, uh, points in that easement are, and uh, and there probably will be something in there indicating uh, how long it's to last and uh, and and if there would if there could be an abandonment of it. So I think you've got to start there. That's it would I seem thought. to me that if they abandon a line, it doesn't mean the easement wouldn't be there. You're right. It, it might I mean, depend it, on the document. Right, but I, but I no. bet you the easement would still be there. That would be my gut reaction. Yeah. Now now there there is law to the effect that if there is an abandonment, what is that called, Mark? I'm trying to think of um, the term, the legal term. Uh, if somebody abandoned uh, leaves the property. And and it's just a vacant property, and and there's no indication of uh, an enclosure or anything of that sort. I forget what it's called. Isn't that something? It just skipped my mind. If it if it's been abandoned for so many years, adverse possession. Adverse possession. But that wouldn't yeah. apply here. I don't, yeah, think. I don't think. Would it, would that be in my deed house deed? The easement. Yeah, it's possible. Possible. Yeah. Well, but where, uh, where would I? Where else would I look to, uh, for the? Uh, the easement uh, details. Where are you in Ohio? Yes. Uh, Mark can better answer that, but in Pennsylvania, uh, I would think you'd go to the Recorder of Deeds office, and uh, deeds are recorded there. I think easements are recorded there. Uh, that's probably one of the, and, and these are public offices, so you could inquire and indicate where your property is and, and just ask where you would find the easement. All right. All right, thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. I guarantee you that uh, that easement's going to be standing. Because it's a phone company, even though they didn't have the line, they have the easement. They'll negotiate something with the landowner, and you'll sign a contract, and you could get some kind of a benefit if you allow those towers on your property. I've been involved in negotiating. This is an easement, though. This isn't about the cell phone tower. This is just an easement for a phone line to run. Well, it, it, the huh. easement. Mark gave me like that. Huh. Like uh, the, the easement. Huh. The easement may be lasting for only a certain period of time, and uh, let's say they've abandoned for uh, a period of time that is. Moses is, never questioned the phone company ever. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. Prob- you're probably right. <laughs> William, you're on the air. Hello, Ma Bell to you. Hello, William. Hi. How are you? Good. Go ahead with the attorneys. Hi. Uh, is there a statute of limitations in Pennsylvania for contesting a will? Hmm. I've been away from that area for a while, and uh, I don't know that I can. Uh, is the will uh, being presented for uh, to open an estate? How long has uh, it been? Oh, wait. Look, is it being presented right now to open an estate or, or no, what? N- no, it's it's after the fact. There was a discrepancy in uh, inheritances. Uh, one one was larger than the other. And Wait, a discrepancy in what did you say? Inheritances in, in inheritance. Well, what I mean, has an estate been opened? It, it's closed. It's already closed. Well, it's over with. Then there's a court order then ending the estate. Uh yes, it's gone through huh. probate through. Uh, all that. How long? Oh, How right. long was there a con- was there a will contest? No, no. I'm the, I, I'm the uh, I guess uh, bigger beneficiary, and I'm just sort of sitting on the money and just wondering if I can do something with it without 
your repercussions. There's isn't it like six months or something? It's typically if the if the will's been clo- if the estate's been closed, it's you have six months to file an appeal to to the probate court decision. Well, he's talking it's been about, about a year and a half. He's talking about Pennsylvania. I don't know if that's correct or not, but uh, it's been a year and I, a half. I, I don't know the answer to that question, but you'll know I, it next I, week. I don't understand. I don't understand the the issue though. You're saying he has more money. He got more money than the other person, and he's worried that somebody's going to file something. He's holding on to the money, and he doesn't want to do anything with it in case he has to give some of it back. Or did you, did you read and, the and will? And it's been did closed they, a year and a half. Yeah. Did somebody time. read the will? Did you see the actual will? Yes. And does the will call for you to get more money? Yes. Well, there you go. Then that, yeah. Then. Well, was the will part of the? Was the will filed in the yes. court proceeding? Yes. I think you're okay. I, I think, think you're safe. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Go gamble it away, or get yourself a <laughs> you get yourself a okay. young woman. Take Ron, you're luck. on the air. Final question for the attorneys. Go. Hello. Yes. Hello. So yeah. like, okay. A question: If you get pulled over for DUI and refuse to take the test, right? Where does that leave you? The OVI section is this in Ohio? Yes, in Ohio. The OVI section it has a uh, a part of the statute is a refusal. If you refuse the testing, that is, is an admission, and they will cite you with a test refusal, which carries the same sentence, the same everything that the OVI laws do. They're very similar. If you take the test and you are impaired and you blow over the limit, you get cer- you're subject to certain sanctions. If you refuse the test, you are subject to those very same sanctions. And it's harder to beat a refusal because the, the only way you beat a refusal is to say you didn't have probable cause to ask me to take the test. So you didn't have any reason to stop me. You didn't have any reason to talk to me. So you didn't have any reason to ask me to take a test. So that you could beat a refusal. But when you take the test, as I indicated earlier, there's a lot of provisions that they have to comply with. They have to do things a certain way, and you might be able to beat the case. All right. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, News Radio 570 WKVN. All right, guys. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Tribe is coming up next. Legal Show brought to you by Beatrice, Cop, and Harshman.